Hey everyone, welcome to Ale of a Time. We are speaking with Sam Fuss from Filter Brewing. Recently opened up in Sydney, been around for a couple of years, and we've known Sam for probably the best part of a decade in, in her various roles throughout the, throughout the industry. She's brewed Little Creatures, Young Henry, and uh, True South, which is a, a brew pub here in Melbourne. I don't think it's still going in, in a brewing capacity, and it hasn't for a few years. But uh, if you are sitting at home on your computer, uh, in the on our website, aleofatime.com, just check out the link there, and there'll be a link to the YouTube which uh, we've got footage of the the little quick tour that Sam takes us on in the uh, Beer Together channel where we recorded this. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to get a little mini tour, see some people sitting in a bar, and just get a a bit of a vibe of what's going on with Filter and and what's going up there in their part of the world in Sydney. Following up from this next week, we will be speaking to Dave from Akasha. Also in Sydney there, they've just had a bit of a rebrand, so it's going to be a cool time to catch up with them. I said next week, when I'm recording this, it's a fortnight away. But yeah, uh, keep an eye on, on all the social media and subscribe to Beer Together on YouTube if you want to uh, see the live recordings of these chats as well and, and ask us any questions that you have of the, the brewers. Uh, in the meantime, we'll throw to, to us chatting to Sam and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you all next time. guys how are you great thanks how are you going yeah good good really good sorry just sending that just doing you know social media yeah no it's good it's good to see we um we were just talking a little bit because there's people in the background you obviously uh got people in the bar can you give us a bit of a bit of a jealous shot there for all you victorians yeah yeah the podcast was so the people listening on the podcast, uh, she's showing us the new filter tap room with people sitting at tables. <laughs> and consuming. Yeah, so, here's, so a little, here's a little sprout around. Oh, it's lovely. The, the, the tanks are right by the, the tap room. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Front and centre. <clears throat> Sorry, there we go. Great. Um, I'm just going to pull my beer. I didn't actually get a, a, a filter beer in time. Dave, you've got a... a <coughs> Yeah, I grabbed the uh, IPA and it's going down very, very nicely. Yeah, it's it's a little, it's getting a bit long in the tooth. That IPA, it's um holding it's up nice. very well there. Yeah, but uh, I've got uh, I've got a new IPA in tank at the moment. We just released the double IPA the other day, which is pretty good. Great. Uh, I've just opened a Hargreaves Hill ESB sent to me by the the team at Hargreaves Hill. A classic. I thought it's a ripper. Yeah. Uh, someone we've we've kind of known from the beer world for a while, and um, one of the old school favourite beers. I kind of thought it was a yeah. kind of fitting fitting one to open up. Um, so, Sam, before we I guess go too far down any paths, can you give us a a, a quick overview of Filter? We're open. We're open <laughs> for business. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I have a I have a little bit of a different COVID story to to everyone else, whereas I built this over COVID. Um, so, you know, up, up, and, up and out every day and, um, you know, labouring, helping knocking down walls, bricks, everything. And, um, yeah, so we've managed to do all this through COVID, which has been fantastic. But we're super stoked, um, you know, me, Mick and Steph, absolutely stoked to have the, the doors open and be able to show everyone kind of, I guess, our dream and what we've been kind of working on for the last three, four years in regards to our home, our HQ. Obviously, the beer is always the you know forefront, but it's so nice now to be able to home and and you know let people in and and to enjoy what we've got to offer and and you know enjoy a bit of us and our quirkiness as well. The um, how when did the brand launch? Twenty sixteen. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So March twenty seventeen. Yeah. And so you've been looking for a or kind of working on a, a, a home since then. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, and what did that even even before that? So you know, the boys were still looking around and and stuff. So yeah, four years, and it's for us. It was really important to find the right place with the right vibe and the right essence. And obviously, 
suitable enough to have some, you know, I've got 600 hec, six 100 hec tanks in here and I've got a bunch of 50s and 25s plus the big brew house that you can see here. And um, so the building had to be suitable. And in, in and around Marrickville, a lot of the buildings are quite old. So you had to see, you had to look into the bones of the building when we went and saw them to see the potential of it. You know, can we knock this out? Can we knock that out? Can we, what can we do? And, um, you know, it's got a, we found this place, it's got beautiful old school Besser, um, Besser bricks out the front, um, which you can see just, uh, you can just kind of see through when you look out, out, oh, out yeah. the front there. Yeah. So that's super, super old school 70s. You, remember, you might remember them from around your old toilet blocks at the beach kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, and we looked at that and we're like, oh, that's rad. And that's, um, that's kind of on brand for Filter, isn't it? There's kind of a throwback. Yeah. yeah, and we wanted also, you know, when you, it's really unsuspecting when you actually drive past because you just recognise that old building that's been empty. So it was empty for six years before we, we came in. It was dormant, so there was shit everywhere. Uh, and it used to be an old yogurt factory, so we had a lot of work to do. Literally gutted the place from head to toe. Um, yeah, so you drive past and you kind of see this really unsuspecting old school building, and then you walk in the door and it opens up into this big brewery and, you know, really cool, like, um, we call it our public bar. So, uh, you know, you come in, we've got some couches, we've got chairs, um, benches if you want to sit up on the brew floor, kind of literally on the floor. Um, yeah, so so it was. Um, it's been it's been really fun, kind of, kind of creating between between us, creating all these ideas and collating all these ideas together, and uh, and and putting it to um, putting it to fruition, which is where we are now. So, definitely the, the the spot and the building had to fit our style. Is this um the first major sort of brewery install you've been in charge of? Um, from go to woe. Uh, yeah, yeah, from ground up, I would say, considering I was on the jackhammer and I was also driving all the bricks to the tip and everything like that, you know. Um, <laughs> I reckon I probably delivered about 80 tonnes, 85 tonnes of bricks to the, uh, the local recycling centre. Uh, so, yeah, from ground up. But um, I took care of a lot of the expansion at Young Henry's as well when they went from their little 12 heck brew house up to the, the Hebs unit and then everything, you know, went boop, 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 boop. So, so... The, the actual construction side of things was, was awesome to do, awesome to, uh, you know, you've got these big, big, huge tanks with a load on. The tanks themselves are about a ton themselves and then you've got to fill them with beer and then you've got seven of them or six of them in a spot. You've got to reinforce your floors. You've got to, you know, so just the, 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 um, the engineering side of all of that was fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Would I do it again? Yes, but not for a couple of years. <laughs> Let's just take, yeah. It was great. Now, I've learned so much. Um, I really have. If there's one thing I know about uh, breweries or brewers sort of built their own breweries, uh, they're either really happy with their floor or really annoyed by their floor. Yep. How, did you, how did your floor go? You're spot on. No, you're absolutely spot on. And uh, I learned very, very early on, um, Little Creatures days, 20 years ago, 21 years ago almost. Um, we actually had all our drains collapse under the brew house and that's because they, um, they didn't use uh, a reinforced plastic that can take the heat and the chemical. So my early years are like, just get the fucking floor and drains right. Get it right, get it right, get it right. So I absolutely made sure, pulled all the old drains up. Drains are perfect. They all run down separately to different effluent tanks. The floors and the plinths are perfect. Polyurethane all over. So we've spent the extra extra coin on just making sure the stuff that gets the most, um, you know, the most use and the most work, which are your floors and your drains, are up to scratch and can, you know, stand the, stand the test of, uh, of, of all the, you know, what we do to them, you know, whether it's forklifts or chemicals or dropping shit on it or all of that. So that's, you, you're spot on. That's the, the first thing I can recommend to anyone building a brewery, get your floors and your drains right. Uh, anything else that you know, it was a, a, an addition or something you were like, I really want to have this this way uh, that you kind of, you know, uh, are really happy with? Yeah, pretty much everything. Okay. <laughs> oh, you guys know me. Yeah. I'm pretty particular and I'm, I'm pretty, uh, and that was the beauty of building my own brewery. You know, I got to build it how I wanted to build it. So I wasn't dictated to by anyone. Um, it's, it's my... Uh, yeah, it's my baby. I've, I've built it and, and, and I've got enough experience, I think, to, uh, you know, 
to be able to kind of know what, what works and what doesn't work, even from a flow perspective. Um, so, yeah, looking at the building when it was still here and it still had walls, big walls up, it was really, I really had to take time to look into the future and, and see what the potential of that is going to be once I take that wall down or, or remove that or dig up that or, or something like that. So, no, I'm, I'm super stoked with the, we've still got a little bit of work to do with the grain system that you can see above my head here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just got some bulk, uh, bulk handling measures that uh, um, I've got to complete on the other side. And uh, now that I've got uh, my new um, brewer, Henry, uh, he's kind of taken over a few things, which means I can jump back on those projects that uh, need to be finished. So it's been a pretty hectic ride. Great. Uh, does this mean production's all in-house now? Uh, yes, we've got a little bit teetering down at Hawker's, um, and that's just while. So, uh, so it's a premier um, brew house, four vessel, 25 hectare, fully automated. But the automation comes with its problems itself, especially when the team that would normally come out, which is two computer programmers, would come out from the States, were unable to come out from the States. So it's taken a lot longer to, to actually get the PLC side or the, the controlling system side of everything up and running. But uh, so we, we gave ourselves a bit of a buffer by doing a couple more batches down at Hawkers. Um, I think, which I love, I think we've just done our last uh, XPA batch down there, number 69. <laughs> I think that's pretty fitting. That's it. <laughs> I don't know why that's fitting, but okay. <laughs> don't, don't elaborate. I don't know. No, just, yeah, we'll leave that. I'm moving on to my stout now. Yeah, what are you drinking? Um, this is that Caribbean stout. So no, uh, um, I think that I interviewed you a while back for an article on stouts. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, think. Um, it's a really you, unusual style. Yeah, can you t- tell us what it is? So it's classed as a tropical stout. Okay, now we've all heard of Baltic stouts and we know the story. Well, maybe not everyone, but we know the story behind how the English, um, with the IPA, um, with a lot of their beers, when they went around conquering, you know, or um, raping and pillaging places, they, they generally took a lot of their own beers with them. Um, and the, the Caribbean was no, no different. Um, it's, uh, the English went over there um, as uh, sugar traders, um, also, uh, you know, cane sugar and all of that. Uh, so they took over their stouts and quite surprisingly, or maybe not, stouts are really popular in, in warmer weather countries. Mm. They're fucking great. They're so, on a hot day, it seems like a, it doesn't work, but on a really warm, sweaty day, there's nothing better than having a really nice stout. So English went over there and thought, okay, well, let's start brewing it over here in the Caribbean, but all the breweries were lager breweries. So that's the difference between a tropical stout. Um, everyone thinks tropical rum raisin, oh yeah, man, you know. But uh, it's more to do with the, the style. Uh, so I guess when I put it into competition, it does go under a uh, Baltic, which mm. is a lager style. So it's treated like a lager, lager yeast, but... Yeah, absolutely. 34.70 on this bad boy. Um, and then so, and get that nice and low. And what that does is eliminates um, those really big, bold esters that you'd normally get in bigger... So this is 7% too. Um, so you haven't got those big bold esters. It's really nice, uh, smooth, and um, and kind of not fat and chunky. Um, not that there's anything wrong with fat and chunky stouts. I love a good, you know, thick, heavy stout, but um, it, does, it just doesn't work in the in the climate. So, um, so I was judging. I must have been shit five five years ago, six years ago at the uh, Australian International Beer Awards. And we'll go in a stout category and I'm flipping through the pages and I come to tropical stout. And, uh, and I'm like, what the hell is a tropical stout? So I, I didn't, and I thought, I'll come back to that one day. And uh, yeah, I did a couple of years later. And um, my partner happens to be from the Caribbean as well. So it was a little bit of a love song. Um, uh, which she, tell, she tells the story a lot better than I do, but she makes up a bit, bit of it too. I'm only joking. <laughs> if you're listening, honey, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's a, it's just a beautiful, really nice, uh, smashable um, beer. That's uh, because of because of the the relaxed fermentation at the colder temperatures. You you don't get that real bite heat from the alcohol. You get don't get those big high esters. It's just a really smashable stout. How is that in your core? Is that in your core range now, Sam? Uh, no, no. I brewed this first for our first birthday. Um, 
just because every every kind of year we try and do something a bit different. But so first birthday's in March. That's coming into, you know, the colder months and and everyone Australia's really fickle in with their drinking habits at times. You know, any of us here would probably drink a stout any time of the year. Um, but you know, we what, that's because of our appreciation for different styles and knowing how they sit. But uh, a lot of consumers go, no, stout dark beers. That's that's a winter thing. So it just happened that it. Um, you know, it was coming into winter, so we have this over winter. I'd love it, and, and people ask for it to be a core cool range, but it's kind of also nice just having a break from it and bringing it back because it's got a huge following. So, yeah, I was about to ask, uh, how does it sell for you guys? Do people really pick it up? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, and we've just put it on nitro as well, so you can have it on CO2 and nitro next to each other, and they're totally, totally different beers. That's got to be a cool thing about having your own tap room now is doing things like yeah, that. yeah. Very cool. So let me take you for a little wonder. All right. Perfect. Um, just while you are taking us, anyone in the questions has any com- in the comments has any questions, uh, drop them into the chat there on YouTube and, and we'll fire them in. Now try and turn this camera around. Because you don't want to see my ugly mug. How do I do that? Oh, anyway, I can show you. So here we have behind me, that's the brew house. Oh, lovely. You can see it there. I love the, nice. the, stair, the stairs and the brew deck. They look great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that right goes all yeah. the way up. And there's the other stairs at the end. There's a hot and cold liquor tank down the back there. And that used to be a humongous wall where that was. So, and not only was it one wall, but it was double brick. So it was two walls. So right. every, brick, every wall in this place wasn't taking down one wall. It was taking down two walls. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd love to say I did it all on my own, but no, we had a bunch of fit Irish lads that uh, got on the jackhammers for about a month. And uh, yeah, I went for it. But yeah, as you can see behind me here, uh, all those little valves back there, they're all pneumatic valves. So they're all run from the, uh, from the deck up there. All right, uh, hit, more or less hit, a, uh, hit an associated button and those valves will open up. The world's biggest sight glass. Mm, yeah, that is a big sight glass. Yeah. <laughs> so all this, all this deck here, um, the gantry that you can see, all this stuff under here, all came on the same skid. So all the wiring... Um, can you see my hand here? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all of this was already plumbed up. These are conduits. And all of this was already put in and put in, the, uh, in all the um, cable trays and everything. So it was literally my plumbers plumbed it, or my sparkies, sorry, plumbed into a grey box on that end and another grey box on that end. We had to do a little fiddling around with motors and stuff running different ways and, and everything, but um, it was all pretty much set up. So it, it was pretty nice to, to start with. Um, pretty easy, pretty like a little bit turnkey, um, but obviously you've still got to get stuff, you know, running on Australian standards. So up behind me here is uh, one of our 100 hectares. tanks. So we've got five of those. Um, and here's a little hint for people that want to conserve money. So that, these, all these tanks are up on a plinth. So instead of concreting the whole floor where I didn't need to support the floor, we saved ourselves about 25 grand. So even the brew house is on its own little plinth, which you can see there. So that's, um, that's something to think about if you're uh, building a brewery is, uh, I'm in all this space here behind me. As you can see, the only thing that goes across here is, uh, you know, forklifts and my little uh, dry hop buggy up the back there. And, uh, and as you can see, all the tanks are, are on plinths. So, so that's really, really, uh, it's worked really well. So we dug down in the ground, right? And uh, instead of supporting it by doing a really big concrete plinth, we dug down and then we put support, Rio support, through all of the ground of graduates and then poured concrete over it. And then that allows us to uh, support all the, all the tanks that we've got here. Um, and there's no need really to put it on the, on, the, on the floor that you're working on because that's not holding any weight. So here's our 50s, uh, that's 50 heck, just there. So the brew house is 25 heck. Yep. Um, so it just made sense to, you know, 50s and 100s. And, uh, and as you can see on the roof there, it's a pretty tight, or well, you might not be able to see because that light, but yeah. it's a pretty tight little fit. Then over the back here behind me, and where the, uh, the little, that's my little dry hop buggy. Great. <laughs> yeah. 
This is our little, uh, I call this the Brewers Playground. So that's our little 25 hectare. Okay. So that'll be constantly turned over with specialties, um, which is awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've got a sour in the brew house at the moment. I've just come in and done a, a pH on there. It's still a little high, so I'll come back tomorrow and we'll see how it's sitting. So that's going to be a raspberry and passion fruit sour. And down the back here, just quickly, I'll go back on the brew house, give you a little tour. All these fridges were existing, so we've kept them. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, which has saved us probably about 30, 40 grand. Yeah. Um, and we got an old cool room. I've converted an old cool room. And uh, here's my, here's my partner in the background. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so um, eventually we'll knock all these cool rooms out and this will be a tank farm along here too. But for the time being, um, it's my uh, lab slash shed. <laughs> uh, because it doesn't matter you might you might you might think you've built your brewery but you've never actually built it yeah um so there's always shit going on uh down the back here is uh more storage all of that um this will eventually be kind of where we keep all our kegs and stuff in behind me here you can see those kegs but this will be a dedicated canning room right Great. dedicated which is we've just put the deposit on that uh, and then over there, yeah, can you see that? There we go. That's our centrifuge over in the oh, back awesome. corner there. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've got, all, uh, got everything going at the moment. We've got all the, the East Coast canning stuff in here um, because we've got a full week of canning next week. So they set up in the, in the corridor behind me here. And then we've got our, I call this one Jolene. This is our keg cleaner and filler. Yep. Um, Why Jolene? Because I like Dolly. Who doesn't? And she needs a pretty name. Dolly. Yeah, no. So I actually got that uh, from Brucon. Uh, that was one of the demo models at Brucon. So they actually put a sticker oh. up and they're, uh, and they're getting me a sticker with Jolene across it. So. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> great. Yeah. CO, CO2, bulk CO2. And, uh, and this is quite, uh, quite an interesting little feature. That's an old petrol bowser. So here's something to make you all a little uh, jealous. Look at that. That's uh, 15 and a half cents per litre. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's great. Was that there or you just... No, no, no. That was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So we couldn't rip it out. There's the, there's the front of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, which I have to put on. So, yeah. So boiler, everything. Now, we've now just done a full loop. Um, behind me here is our grist case. Um, yeah, and then we're back in, back into the brew house. Have you got me for experience? I, I hope that didn't make you guys feel sick. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it was a good tour. Um, do, have you got any scope for expansion at the site, or is it? Yeah, absolutely. It, yep. Yeah, so that was um, that was really important. Very, very important that we had uh, we had enough enough room to be able to expand how we needed to expand. So all those cool rooms, we'll knock those out. Um, and uh, put the lab on top of the keg room and, uh, and we'll knock that out. We can double capacity by 1.5 here. So that'll get us up to about three and a half mil. Will you have to reinforce extra areas of the floor or yep. did you, yeah, right, okay. Yep. But what I, did, what I did is I anticipated our move. So all the drainage that I put down in that corridor that you saw me walking along here is all, has all been set and has all been, uh, you know, we, we did the hard yards on that earlier. Because so, we, knew, we knew that that was going to be a cellar down the track. So. And the roof's a little higher over there, so I'll probably be able to fit in some, some bigger tanks, maybe 125s or something. That's yeah. great. Looks awesome, yeah. Hey, there's a, a question in the chat, um, Sam Smalley. Hey, Sam, it's good to see you back. Um, he's asking, whereabouts are you in Sydney, for people that aren't sort of aware of Sydney, and, and what are the other breweries around you? <laughs> We're in the... Uh, what? what? What's it been coined? The, um, the, the brewery hotspot of, of Australia kind of thing. So we're that in, way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got, uh, just on accounts, and this isn't even including distilleries, I think we got eight or nine breweries within a, a, a stone's throw, at least a walking distance from where we are. So we're in the Golden Triangle uh, in Marrickville, which is, uh, for people that don't know Sydney, Marrickville is a, uh, a beautiful suburb that used to be uh, back in the day was uh, the workers, brickworks, and, and it was a pretty dodgy little, uh, dodgy little area, um, mainly industrial, but uh, residential industrial. 
So um, small businesses like this and, and the other breweries around, uh, you know, we can, we can make a living. Not only that, which is fantastic, is we've got, we've got about, I think, what, three distilleries, four distilleries close by. Uh, we've got coffee roaster, coffee roaster, someone making artisan bread down that way. We've got bloody all sorts of stuff happening around cafes, restaurants, um, you know, really good eating houses. And everyone's just kind of just kept it real if you know what I mean. So it's not fancy. It's, I mean, it is fancy, but it's not, you know, we're not going fine dining in Marrakech. Mm. Mm. But there's some beautiful restaurants and, and stuff around that, uh, that's, uh, and, and it's a huge suburb. So you've got a heap of residential around as well. So it's a bit of a no brainer and it's, it's great to see the suburb finally come alive. You know, you walk, I used to come around, drive around on the weekends and it was dead. And now there's people walking everywhere and grabbing coffee and beers. And so, yeah, it's really become a, a quite the, Quite the social hub in uh, in Sydney in the inner west. So always going to be Marrickville, Sam. Uh, well, we yeah 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 Marrickville or the inner west. We all live in the inner west. You know, my business partners Mick and Steph, both of their kids. Well, they got three each. I call them the Brady bunch. They live across the road from each other. Um, they all go to school locally. Um, the partners, their wives, who are lovely, they they work in here with us two or three days a week. You saw my partner in here. She's been helping me out in the brewery. Uh, she's been on the bar, so we've got uh, we've got a really, really um, super awesome family vibe going on, which can can go two ways. Means you you know <laughs> you're always with your bloody partner, and it's all. But it's really lovely because everyone everyone just puts in the yards, especially when you're opening a business. Um, everyone just puts in the yards, and and everyone kind of understands. You know, I was here till eight o'clock last night um, working or. 15, 16 hour days and, and you know, my partner understands uh, the boys might have to do, you know, work on the bar or I chuck them on the canning line, I put them on filling kegs, you know, we kind of pull in where we're needed. So, so it's, it's really cool. But yeah, Marrickville's, Marrickville's always been most definitely our preferred place to set up. But if it was in a couple of outlying suburbs, that would have been good. It, for us, it wanted, it, we wanted it to be, it's our home, so we wanted it to be in our home. We wanted to showcase to the, our families and friends and everyone around that, uh, you know, what we can do. So uh, what are the breweries around you? Can you name them all? Oh, Is yes, that possible? I can. Yes, all I right, can. let's do it. All right, so let's start on the, uh, if I was coming into Marrickville, right, I'd catch the train to Sydney Station, right, you'd pop over to Willie the Boatman, which is on the, on, the right, on the wrong side of the tracks. So I hope Pat's listen, listening. They're all good mates as well. So go over that way because that's the only kind of one. And they're in a really great uh, little precinct hub over there. So you can get a, uh, you know, coffee in the morning and then uh, do whatever you need to do. So, yeah, head to Willie's, have a few beers there. Then you come back over the train tracks to the right side. Um, and then you'll go Batch. Okay, now Batch is only 200 metres down the road. But in between us and Batch... You've got Stockade, the Stockade Barrel Room. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Right. You've also got uh, two coffee roasters within the 200 metres. And come via us, okay, and then you – and we're on Sydenham Road. And you scoot around the corner. Um, and this is all like – I would call it – and I'm, 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 I should be promoting, you know, responsible drinking, but uh, a one-can trip in between brews. Um, in between eight breweries. Just as a judge, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so then you scoot up around the corner and you go to Source. All right. uh, from Source, you've got Grifter. Uh, in between that, or just after Grifter, you've got, sorry, just before Grifter, you've got some Wildflower, which, uh, you know, awesome, awesome brewery. Hey. <laughs> Someone yelling at me from over there. Okay. So, um, yeah, so Wildflower. Uh, Topher doing his funky, awesome wild shit out of there. Uh, and then you, and and... And there's pubs to stop in on the way. So then just in case can, you get thirsty. Just in case, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that uh, commute is taking it out of you a bit. Uh, but the pubs along the way are really awesome pubs. So, um, you know, they all support us. Uh, in between th those three places, you've also got Port Tom's, which is a distillery. Mm, I really uh, like the gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do great stuff, those guys. And they're legends too. Awesome. Mm. Awesome crew. Uh, back over at Willie's, uh, there's a rum distillery over there. They've only just opened up. Um, so they're doing some awesome stuff too. Good high-end rum. Um, yeah, and then, so, so where was I at? Uh, we just were Wildflower. going between Wildflower and Grifter. Yeah, Wildflower, Grifter. 
and then you scoot up the road down into over into um, uh, more kind of Enmore side of things, uh, and you're heading towards Newtown at this stage. And you've got um, oh, there's a new one that's opened. It's like a co-op. Hopsters. Uh, uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure really what's going on there because they closed over COVID. Um, yeah. It only just opened and had to close really quickly. So I haven't had the chance to get in there. But those guys are, I think they're going to do like a little kind of 200 heck um, jobbing out yeah. the back. But yeah, that's a really interesting story uh, as well. Those good congratulations to those guys. So they're right on Emerald Road. Then we go, head on down to uh, good old Young Henry's, my old stomping ground. Great. Um, and there's, that's Emerald Road. You know, there's heaps of stuff along the way. There's, uh, you know, really good bars, uh, restaurants, um, shops, quirky, funky stuff. I think Emerald Road has started to get a little bit more traction with the locals. Um, everyone's kind of leaving Newtown, uh, that King Street thing, because of the lockouts and all of that. King Street turned a bit shitty, to be honest with you. Um, just a lot of, uh, a lot of big groups of... Uh, Foreigners, you know, just pub to pub. So I think all the lo- a lot of locals are kind of migrate- migrating towards more Enmore and down this end too, Marrickville. So, yeah, yeah. and from there, shoot out to um, Wayward. And then you've got Malt Shovel just there too. I hope yes. I haven't forgotten someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, in, um, I've, sorry, Dave, you go. I was just going to say, in, in normal times, is, like, is that a massive Marrickville crawl culture? When you, what do you mean? Call like, culture? Just like, the people often just like crawl between all these venues. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's awesome. So you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see some groups that uh, might have come from outside. You'll see families walking along, you know, trams, dogs, everything. Everything. It's awesome. It's such a good vibe. Uh, and it's all so kind of nicely uh, put together. So, yeah. Cool. The last time I was in Sydney, I think it was just Batch. Wildflower and Grifter that were were open at the time. Yep. Around there, um, and even that was was awesome. Uh, just you know, that three remarkable and and really great breweries. So yep. to add, you know, anything else to add to that is is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bonus, absolutely. Uh, there's a question in the comments about collaborations with with any of these locals, either breweries or distilleries or coffee roasters. Any any plans? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we um. We have what's called the Inner West Brewers Association um, and we work together, we work really closely together uh, as a group um, to, to come up with festivals but also uh, lobbying governments, lobbying local councils, uh, you know, and it's, it's a really, that, you know, it's been fantastic for us because there are a lot of these brewers have paved the pathway for us and, and they've done the hard work so, you know, we, all, we can all bounce off each other and um, so we're doing, usually every year we have um, the October West, which is a big festival. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Big festival this year, we can't have it, so we're going to do a big brew anyway. Um, so we'll all get together, which we all know a collaboration between brewers is just a big drinking session. <laughs> no, there's nothing else. You know, no, no, it is. It's good. So we got, we got, a, we got a beer lined up for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll launch that instead. You know, you've just got to, you've got to, in this day and age, and I think everyone's in the same boat, you've just got to diversify. Um, speaking of the beer, we haven't, we've talked about the, the stout, but we haven't really talked about the other beers. Um, the XPA is your, your flagship, and that's, uh, I think, from when I first had it to now, it's just tasting so, so good. Uh, I think it's just improved every time I've tasted it. And, and I think the last one I had, I was just like, wow, this is just incredible. So, yeah. Thank um, you. Has that, has that, like, have you been tweaking that recipe over the years? Uh, oh, subtly. Subtly. Look, and the major cheat that tweaks sorry major tweaks were going from hope estate to hawkers okay so and then and then to here as well um you know different brew systems different dry hopping hawkers have got a big hop cannon uh so so the recipe as a whole has stayed the same uh i may have brought you know some different grains up and down but it's always only the the four grains um hops i've kept those the same but uh different Different, hop te- different hopping techniques uh, uh, give different characters of hops. You know, some dry, dry hop uh, on, on a little warmer side. Sometimes you're dropping them in top. So, so generally, I, I spend a lot of time uh, making sure that uh, the consistency between 
uh, well, I have done, and and now again with this place, the consistency between uh, between uh, brews and brew houses. I guess that was going to be my, my next question. If you're going from Hawkers, were you you know, tasting? Are you tasting that side by side and going, okay, yep, absolutely, this is what we need to do. Yep, yeah, because I spent a long time getting it right with Hawkers, you know, um, and I communicated. I was down there sometimes twice a week. I'd fly in in the morning and fly out in the afternoon. Sometimes I'd stay down for a couple of days. Um, and if I wasn't down there, I was constantly on the phone annoying the shit out of them. So they're probably happy we've got our own brewery now. <laughs> <Clank>. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I got a great relationship with them. They're fantastic. And they were really, um, you know, always really open to uh, whatever I kind of wanted to do. And I think that might be different because I'm an actual brewer. I'm not somebody with a concept or somebody with a, you know, an idea or a marketing person or something like that. I'm a brewer. That's what I do. So I think there was a really nice mutual respect between us. So, so we would uh, quite often, you know, uh, work together to improve areas that needed to be improved. So those guys are great. Um, before we started, we were just chatting about the, the whole COVID situation and, and restrictions. Um, can you give us Melbourne folk that are, well, we've been inside for six months now, I think, coming up. <laughs> Uh, what, what's, what's the vibe in Sydney at the moment? Um, well, like I said, for me, I, I built this over COVID. So I kind of haven't stopped. Um, and because I've been so flat out, I haven't really wanted to go out. I haven't, you know, it's just been kind of focused on, on the job at hand. So, you know, it didn't really stop me from doing anything. But it did, it did stop us from opening, um, our, uh, opening the public bar. Uh, because there's no point... For us, there was no point opening a brand new facility when we can only have 10 people, you know? So it was really important that we, we opened at the right time and we didn't wait as well because there, there was so much anticipation around and so much kind of vibe of what was happening. If we'd waited any longer, we would have lost that. Mm. So, and as you can see and you can hear, you know, there's a good mob of people in here. Um, people were turning it over the, uh, over the, the time, so the two-hour slots, um, which... If you're smart, you'll just book a two two-hour slot straight after, like my mates did again last night. Um, but yeah, it's um, but it's really it's really interesting knowing bars and knowing hospitality. You know, it's going it's it's great for two hours and then everyone leaves, and then everyone comes in and they start ramping up again and then you know and you're yeah. just kind of settling in and then you got to get up and go somewhere else. So but I guess for energy of you know thinking working in bars, you kind of feed off that energy to keep yeah, going yeah, and then. Yeah. Suddenly yep. it drops. Well, you it drops, start for again. Ten, drops for 10 minutes. You race around bloody sterilising everything because everything's got to be sterilised. We're, we're really strict with our COVID policy. Yep. Uh, and we have to be. Shit, there's, uh, you know, um, I would hate and, you know, I'm really uh, so sorry for you guys that you had to go into to what you went into. So I think that's made us really aware, seeing our friends out, out in Victoria, um, you know, getting punished um, by this. But it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's down to each of us to, to be responsible mm, um, you yeah. know, for what we're doing. And, uh, and it's up to us as a venue to be responsible for the people that are in here. So, so, you know, it's great having people in here. I'd love to have the place absolutely pumping and the roof going off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is at the moment. And we're super stoked we can have people in here just experiencing what we're doing. How many people can you have in at the moment? Uh, 50. 50, great. Yeah, so 50 and license is 120, I think. Okay. 100 to 120. So, but I mean, you can, you can understand there's no point opening if you can only have five, 10 people in a space that can take a hundred. It's just like, you know. Yeah. I, and I, I was part of a few discussions with a few places talking about that. Um, you know, thinking of examples in Melbourne where you've got Stomping Ground, for example, which is a huge venue Yeah. to open it for 10 people. It's like, why? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah, well, no, not why, why? Because we want to get our people back working. Yeah. So that's pretty safe. But, you know, you've got 10 people. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, um, no, go. But you've got 10 people. You've got to have a warden that is literally somebody. It's, it's the fun police. Yeah. Sit down. You can't stay there. Sorry, you've got to leave. Da-da-da-da-da. Then you've got to have bar staff. And then you've got to have enough people to run around in between and sterilise absolutely every surface, including the toilets, within 10 minutes so the next group can come in. So it, 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 financially it doesn't make sense. Mm. But... I guess, you know, we've got to look after our people, we've got to look after our team and getting people back in the jobs is, is really important as well. Mm, mm. It's a, a tricky balance, I imagine. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and the other beers in the range, Dave, you've been drinking the IPA. Um, what else do you brew and, and what are you kind of wanting? Like how many taps do you have and how are you going to fill them up? So at the moment uh, downstairs we've got 12 taps um, and uh, we've got obviously our core range on, okay, which is our uh, IPA, um, our red session, red session ale, um, XPA obviously, uh, lager, which we're kind of bringing back but that'll only be on tap. Um, we've just had a bit of a hiatus from that for, uh, for probably six months or so, just trying to figure out where it sits for us. Um, it sits really well in, on tap but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't translate into sales in a can. Mm. And I'm pretty sure anyone that's brewing a lager at the moment, we're probably seeing the same thing, um, you know, because it's a craft beer. So you've got to be able to, you know, using, using premium products, so you've got to charge a premium price for it as well. Um, what else have we got? Maracle Nights we just brought out, which is a, a dark hoppy. Um, and that's just a seasonal, but that's, that's, been, that's been accepted really well. So that's a really nice uh, 4.9%. Dark beer, but not too roasty, uh, and really big hoppy, all Australian hops as well. So, uh, and that's been flying out the door. Uh, Double IPA was launched yesterday. Sorry, I'm just looking over at the bar trying to get a um, <laughs> yeah, Double IPA, which was launched yesterday. Is that uh, one being packaged or is that kegs? No, uh, just kegs at this stage. But uh, I think we'll we'll reevaluate what we put into cans and kegs from our small batch, so our little play tank. Yep. Um, you know, just because it's, it's a huge beer and there's a, a shitload of hops in there. So, but, you know, you're only getting out of 25 heck, you're only getting 1,800 litres because you've got such a huge hop bill. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of you've got to weigh up the wastage and, and, you know, all of that. But sometimes, you know, some of these beers, and that's what the tank is for, to experiment, to do some different shit. And, and, uh, and why not do 2,500 litres of it? I guess if you can. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully I don't fuck it. A uh, uh, question from the chat is, uh, is there something, a beer style that you love to drink that isn't really that popular? That you might be maybe a tough sell for people? That's a good one. See, I'm, I'm really enjoying my, uh, my sours and my gerzes at the moment and stuff like that. Um, but in saying that, I really don't, when the pH just plummets and it goes really acidic and uh, I, I'm not into that, you know, I just... You have one or two and you're like, ah, you know, you're, you're all puckered up and, and worried, excuse me, for you, you're worried you're going to shit yourself for the next three hours because of the pH. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know, it goes, this, but that's not a tough sell because everyone's frothing on them at the moment. Yeah. Um, you have, know, you, have you brewed many sours in your career? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. So, so I really, uh, looking at the one I've got in tank behind me now, um, which I stayed late to brew last night because I didn't want to miss the, I didn't want to miss the cutoff of the pH. So I wanted to be in here and be checking it and checking it. Um, I, I'm assuming, like you know, everyone does that. Not, uh, I think everyone just chucks it in the kettle and walks away and just yeah. comes back on Monday, <laughs> don't they? But yeah, because I haven't brewed many, I'm just kind of like, eh, I should take care of that. Mm, yeah, look after that. But I had, uh, yeah, so I haven't, and I'm really excited. So, so we're uh, we're looking to to put a sour in our core range as well. So, yeah, and it's stoked. I love doing shit like that, like new stuff and, you know, double IPA we put on tap. I'm not a massive double IPA fan um, when they're really, really bitter and really, really, uh, you know, kind of, well, unbalanced. I just, mm. It's not my jam. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a, hot, a big bitter hot monster. I'm more about flavour and aroma. So, but I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, uh, it came in at 7.75 and... Uh, 7.7, I should say, for the for ATO. They, um, they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was 7.7 anyway. So, um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's got big, full flavours. Um, it didn't attenuate as much as I wanted, but I quite like that. So it didn't mm. dry it out too much. Uh, it kind of kept a nice fat silkiness over the palate. So I'm actually really, really enjoying that. Whereas double, like I said, double IPAs, big fucking, you know, in-your-face IPAs aren't really my jam. So I didn't answer your question at all. That's all right. Um, but I dribbled. I dribbled some other stuff. <laughs> but also just on, on, on one thing we were talking about too, um, we, we had 12 taps and at this stage I haven't been able to fill them. So what we've done is um, as a bit of a thank you to, you know, the people that have been so supportive of us over time, we put a hope, a hope tap on. Um, we've got uh, a Hawker's, Hawker's Lager on at the moment. Um, we've also, uh, you know, 
Willies have been helping us cleaning kegs while I, um, because all my equipment got caught, like held up in um, Italy over COVID. Um, so, you know, we got one of their taps on. So that's kind of our little thank you to, to the crew that have been really supportive of us um, over time. But also, you know, I think we chucked Batch on, Patch the Magic Dragon, which is one of my favourite beers. Chucked that on yesterday just to, you know, if we're not uh, having, you know, we've got another tap to fill, we might as well do it with our mates from down the road. And, I, and we like drinking it, so we're all friends. Yeah, I like it. And that, that's kind of a, a cool part, like, yeah, the, the support that you, like, you, you're adding taps into a place and that's pouring other people's beer, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, um, so we operate under a restaurant licence as well. So we have some really cool local wines. Um, we, we won't go down the path of spirits. I think that's just another kettle of fish. Yeah. Um, that uh, needs to just, yeah, needs a bit more attention and care. And spirits can kind of, not that I'm poo-pooing anything, but, you know, spirits can, can turn things a different way uh, at times. So, uh, And we got amazing distilleries around here that are doing their jam and doing their thing. So I'll just leave it with that for the moment. We've got, yeah, really good, uh, really good local wines and, uh, and uh, ciders. What's the food situation? So we have a kitchen. Uh, we haven't opened our kitchen. I think it opens next weekend. Um, right. So at the moment we got, we've just had a couple of really cool uh, um, food trucks out, outside. But the food truck was never going to be our thing. We wanted to offer something different. We wanted to offer our own, uh, our own kind of, uh, well, our own offerings, really, from a food perspective, and and also be able to kind of, uh, you know, move that around to match our beers and uh, move it around to match the climate, to match the atmosphere, to match whatever it is we're doing here. So I guess it overall we had the space to put a kitchen in, so we did it, mm. uh, and that'll give us just another kind of area to be able to, uh, you know, uh, broaden into. What's going to be on the menu for a start? Do you know that yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, a little bit, a couple of little, so mainly kind of just, just uh, I mean, we've got a pizza oven in there, so that's kind of, pizzas are a no-brainer. Pizzas are fantastic. We all love eating them. Yeah. Um, and you can do really good pizzas um, uh, at a really good price. You know, you can, it's, it's a really kind of, um, uh, I, I don't know the word, I've lost, lost for the word, but it's, it's a good product that doesn't cost a, a shit ton and is preparation's easy. You know, all that. Great. Perfect. It's, we, we all know it's worked, worked Mountain Goat for many years and they still do the same thing. Yeah. That's awesome. You go <laughs> yeah. in there and you go, I want one of those fucking pizzas. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everything's going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to be sit down meal kind of thing. It's all going to be kind of uh, really nice, easy, uh, easy kind of drinking food. If you know what I mean, you know, some stuff you can hold in one hand and a beer in the other. And uh, whether it's, uh, it's most of it share stuff as well. I think we'll have a couple of uh, a couple of dishes that'll be a bit bigger, but um, we're going to have a good selection of um, vegan, vegetarian, and uh, and non non vegan, vegetarian food too. So a bit of everything for everyone. Great. Without complicating shit too. That's you know, food is is food's amazing and it's so easy to simply do it in a really good way. So yeah. I think that that's our focus. Uh, there's a question in the chat for you, Dave. Ooh. Uh, did, did, did you steal your bike from Jerry Seinfeld's wall? Yes, I was going to comment on the bike as well. I is it? We get comments on my awful mustache, but I guess the bike. I think we're all just kind of ignoring it. Just <laughs> should, yeah. Yeah, the bike. The, what is that's? It's a nice bike, mate. Is it yeah, new? My, my is it brand new for Christmas. No, no, Christmas present from last year for my girlfriend. Um, we've been riding it a bit, so to schlep it out to the shed after every ride is not that hard. Far away from shed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I've never been to your house. I don't think it's that big, is it? You don't... No, but it's like stairs and whatnot, and it's kind of heavy. So um... okay. So just behind the couch is uh, perfect. Yeah, just bring it just, on in. Yeah. <laughs> you just see it as a bit of a headrest. <laughs> good question. That was a. That was because. Thank you. I was going to ask the same thing. What's with the bike? Has Dave paused? Is this? Yeah, he's stalled. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. And kind of a half grin. Yeah. Uh, well, stuck a grin. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming uh, to the point where we're probably going to wrap it up. Uh, this has been great, Sam. I, I've enjoyed this chat and it's, it's really cool seeing you. Oh, Dave's back. I'm back. Oh, Dave. You're back. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of, I guess we've kind of talked about what the plans are. Um, what's going to be your focus for the next, say, six months? 
Uh, my focus is uh, uh, first and first and foremost building a team here, uh, a brewing team. Um, we got a lot to do, and we got a lot to fulfil. Um, so building a really good cohesive team um, is is first and foremost. So I've already got my uh, team leader uh, Henry. So he is uh, ex Four Pines, but he's been over in Garage Project for the last year and a half. So he's got Great. some really yeah. So I'll, I'll um. I want him to, to kind of control the floor and, uh, and he'll have some brewers under him. We've got a packaging line coming on hopefully in the next few months. Um, I've still got unfinished projects that I haven't had a chance to do because I've been the only one brewing. Uh, and, you know, it's been a challenge, a good challenge. Um, I reckon I've cried a few times, but, um, you know, I look back on it now and I've learned a lot. Um, yeah, so six months is just settling into our home uh honing our recipes and uh yeah and just kind of um just trying to get us set and ready to go uh and i know you know we've got christmas coming pretty quickly so that six months i probably pretty much need to jam into about three at this stage so it's a lot of work to do mm. um yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of it and um and try not to burn myself out yeah that's that's a pretty important thing yeah it is actually it is and i think um you know, yesterday, was it yesterday, the day before, was Are You Okay Day? And I actually looked in the mirror and went, fuck, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh, no, I'm okay, but I'm just like, wow, I'm really, you know, um, I need to take care of my mental health and, uh, and as we all do, especially, mm. you know, you guys down there that are in a situation that's, um, so I think that's really important and it's really important for the team here, all of us, all of the owners, all the operators and everyone to just... Uh, you know, take care of ourselves and, uh, and not put too much pressure on ourselves. In that moment in the mirror, did you decide to make any tangible or changes that you're like, okay, I'm going to take more time to breathe or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and just try and, uh, before Henry arrived, so it took seven weeks to get Henry, um, I was just run off my feet, 15 hours a day kind of thing. And constantly, and while I've got that, I've got an injury to my foot as well, so I'm hobbling around. So it's just, you know, that kind of thing of... Um, not eating well um, because you're you're at work the whole time, um, uh, and hobbling around on a foot that I just don't have time to get fixed, which I now have time, um, and just uh, stopping, stopping and going fuck Sam. It's just there's no point in burning yourself out and uh, and and ruining yourself um, mentally and physically. Um, so it was just uh, it was just taking a bit of stock and taking a bit of. I went away last weekend and went fishing. That's my, you know, that's my kind of breathing space and breathing thing. So, um, you know, that kind of helped me. And now, like I said, I've got a little bit more space and a bit more time to, to take. And I think, I think when you do that, when you step back and go, just fucking slow down for a minute, you actually realise that um, there is no need to be such, so stressed and such a, you know, you know. So uh, there's, there's things you can do, coping mechanisms to deal with, with, with things when you run off your feet. And, and having a good support network around you too, which is, you know, paramount. Did you catch anything? Yes, I did. What did you catch? I was told I wasn't going to, and I caught a salmon. Whoa. Yeah, it was... Catch <laughs> <laughs> me leash, mate. But I was yeah. just sitting there with a couple of beers and, uh, yeah, and I just hooked it up. Because there's been a lot of uh, fresh water coming down. This is totally off. off uh, I love fishing. But a lot of fresh water coming down into the, uh, into the estuaries and stuff. So, yeah, so I great. took the boat right out near the mouth and um, just sat back and had a couple of tinnies and caught a fish. And I was very happy with that. So my, my usual relaxation time is down in Tassie, as a lot of people here, where we've got boats and cars and, and lots of fishing and stuff like that. So I haven't been able to do that for a while, as everyone else hasn't. And I'm, I'm starting to get a little... A little itchy and a little, but yeah, it was really nice, and it's nice to take that time away. Fishing is is the perfect activity for shutting everything out, isn't it? And just, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the perfect activity for to drinking. Oh, it's good uh, for yeah. that too, uh, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to have a skipper, so you just uh, yeah. No, it's like, great. It is. It is really nice to just get that, um, you know, a bit of fresh air, bit of salt, bit of solitude, bit of um, time to just clear the clear the shit from your brain. Mm, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, Dave, any more questions from you? No, it's an exciting time at Filter, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, I 
think it's it's been really cool to, to see this kind of unfold over the last few years. Um, you know, knowing knowing you from I think maybe True South uh, yeah. days. So it's kind of kind of cool to see this this project unfold and, and see how happy you are talking about the brewery is exciting. Yeah, and we can't <laughs> wait to have you guys. You know, I'm I've uh, got a lot of mates in Melbourne, and uh, you know we have. Uh, I just yeah, really, really feel for you guys at this stage, and uh, and hope that it all ends uh, ends soon and ends uh, ends nicely, and you guys can um, come up here and say good day. Yeah, Can't wait. be a lot, lot of domestic travel happening in all of our futures, I think. Oh yeah, shit yeah, yep. Um, do you know either person to ask of where to find filter on the internet? They just type it into Google, or is there a? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh look, actually, social media is probably our best. Um, we, we run a really, really cool social media program with some, um, you know, really nice, uh, uh, artists and stuff like that. And, um, uh, yeah, I think pretty much when we, when we launch something like the IPA, double IPA, um, it goes up on, on, on that. Um, I will say our website is a little dated at this stage. Um, that's, that's the next big project we need to start working on once we've kind of cooled down from here a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, social media, man. Insta and, and Facebook and Tinder. No, no, not that one. Sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. Joking. Uh, filter Brewing on, on Facebook. Um, yeah, this is an upcoming event. Uh, that's not you guys. Maybe you're, atta- <laughs> maybe you're attached to it. Uh, Eddie Current Suppression Ring in Brisbane. Say that again. Eddie Current Suppression Ring in Brisbane in 2021, uh, presented by Filter. Okay, yeah. Well, we have Corey up there. He's awesome. He's been doing a great job. So we've got Corey up in Brizzy. We've got two sales boys down here. Uh, and then we've got Nick, who you all know, Yep. Uh, down in, down in Vico. Awesome. Um, yeah, so she's, uh, we've got uh, Carwin, for you Victorians, with Carwin Can event coming up, which I'm assuming will be an online. Um, yeah, we're involved. I think it's happening on this channel. Mm. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we just kind of decided on our beer the other day, but I'm not going to tell you. Hey, okay. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so... I think, so I, I think I've got it in an email somewhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see everything here has gone quiet. Look at this. It's crazy. Oh, Look this is the, the changeover period? Yeah, wow. it's wow. nuts. Empty. Everyone running around frantically and then literally in five minutes the place will be heaving again. Yeah. Very strange. It is weird. And this is just 2020's fucking weird. But uh, we're all getting through it and, uh, you know, we all got to look after each other. Uh, Dave, where do people find you on the internet? At Melbourne Dave on Twitter. That's about it. Cool. Where are you? At, at Ale of a Time, uh, aleofatime.com. I'm hoping to post something about non-alcoholic beers this week. And... Uh, check out um, Heaps Normal. Yeah, they're one that I haven't tried yet. Uh, yeah, we I've just got... got some of their beers in. And uh, Ben Holdstock, who's a good mate of mine, he was my 2IC at Young Henry's, he's doing a fantastic job. And don't, don't diss the beer. It's fucking great. It is I've heard, I've heard really good things about it. completely different to any other non-alcoholic thing you would have had. So it's hoppy. It's, you know, it's really, really good. So give it a go. I've got um, Big big Drop from, I think, from the US. So I can't remember where, but I've got a couple of samples sent to me. Uh, they're in my fridge at the moment. I've tried the IPA. I think it's an IPA. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, yeah. Tasted like a 3.5%, you know, hoppy beer. If, if, if someone gave me that, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've heard really good things about Heaps Normal. Um, our friend Dan, who has Otter's Promise here and... and oh, um, yeah, Dan, Dan Torino. Yeah. Dan, Dan Torrento. Yeah. Torrento, I know Dan. Um, he was saying he's selling a lot of Heaps Normal. He said... That's awesome. That's the only product he's really, really selling cases of lately. Yeah, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. Which it's is awesome. awesome. It's great. I love it. I love it. And and you know what? Good on them for having the, the balls to to go down that path. Um, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't do that. Sorry, the music's just kind of kicked off. I definitely, you know, wouldn't have the. I would have to do. There would have to be a lot of uh, a lot of research involved for me to make that decision. So you know, good on them. It's great. It's a, yeah, a cool product category to to see the growth in that for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much, Sam, for your time. And, uh, yeah, we really look forward to joining you for a beer soon. Thank uh, you. Tour. Yes. No, my pleasure, guys. And, uh, you know, I love you. Love you guys heaps. And uh, miss gabs, miss judging, miss all of that, that kind of stuff. And I feel like I'm a, um, you know, 
every time when we do all those things and we catch up, it just makes me a smarter person. You know, Le- learning off you lot and learning off uh, everyone <laughs> in the industry. It is. It's a, and I really, I really miss that. And I think everyone does. The camaraderie that we have as a community, as a brewing community. So Certainly. I hope you guys stick through it and I hope you're all all right. 